Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of the Worcester Real Estate Podcast. The podcast is presented by Kelleher and Sadowski, the premier commercial real estate firm in central Massachusetts. Today, I'm joined by Chris Pacunas, the CEO of Gig Zero. Chris, welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. Thank you, Chris. I'm glad to be here. So tell us a bit about what Gig Zero does, what industry you're in, what mm-hmm. services you provide. Yeah, so uh, we're, it's hard to say that we're in a precise industry. You could say that we're in the internet uh, business, but sure. we're really not. We're really in the smart building business. So uh, a lot of cities are working to not only bring new businesses to cities and revitalization and economic development, and one piece of that sometimes is also smart cities, which you probably heard the term oh, yeah. smart cities. Yeah. And we find that a lot of times there's smart cities uh, getting filled with new dumb buildings, <laughs> getting built. Uh, so we take buildings and we look at them holistically sure. as an asset. Uh, that's an asset in and of itself and a business in and of itself. And we uh, deliver smart building technologies that range from internet and uh, bandwidth and connectivity for yep. businesses and and residential uh, tenants there, uh, and premium internet. It's a luxury internet experience, yep. uh, gigabit or multi-gigabit. And then uh, we also deliver all of the things that a building kind of needs to operate. So door access solutions, for instance, or yep. uh, the camera and uh, security needs of that building, gotcha. the, the intercom. And we tie it all together so that it's kind of one, uh, one umbrella for ownership and it's a way better experience for the people who live and work there. Sure. So it's it's large multifamily buildings, large office buildings. Yeah. Is that a, a good summation of, of yeah, the is. type of buildings you all look for? It is. Yeah. So we do uh, any residential buildings over 12 units. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, commercial buildings that are of a given density. Yeah. Yeah. We can do single office commercial buildings. It all kinds of kind of depends on what the needs are. So I understand you have uh, quite a bit of the market share in Boston, quite a bit of the market share in Newark, New Jersey. Yep. Talk, talk about that, what your experience was in growing in both of those cities. Yeah, so, uh, well, uh, I guess I should start with kind of how we, we got started a little yeah, bit so you yeah, can see great. how it kind of flows in. Uh, as a company, we started as a consulting firm. Uh, we were consulting for developers who were building new buildings, yep. uh, in fact, in Amherst. And uh, it evolved, not by choice, but by the fact that there wasn't companies out there that were taking this whole building, holistic approach to help building owners yep. uh, deliver a, you know, year 2020 type of building. Sure. You know, a modern day building. And so we, uh, after some time of looking for a company that could do that for our customers, we determined that there's a market fit for a company like us. Yep. And so we transitioned from just being a consulting company into a company who delivers the whole solution. Gotcha. Uh, and, that, and so from there, uh, our business kind of took off in Amherst, a uh, whole bunch of buildings for off-campus student housing, but then also um, market-rate apartment buildings in Amherst. And yep. it just kind of flowed just naturally down to New Jersey where we had some contacts and some people that we had been doing some work with uh, and ended up really exploding in Newark, New Jersey, Partly because of the energy around how much the city wants to transform. Yeah. It's just incredible to see the synergies there. And it reminds me, um, not on every level, but in some levels of Worcester and how we're getting motivated. This. Yeah. Slowly but surely. We're I, getting we there. see, a, yeah. I mean, the reason we're here yeah. is that we see a lot of motivation around 
improving um, and potentially attracting maybe the household name kind of commercial company, yep. but also looking to uh, create a better live, work, play environment to retain the students that are coming out of the universities yep. and colleges and uh, promote uh, better uh, work and live life for companies that want to stay here or, or come here. So It's an interesting comparison that you mentioned because the the student housing piece is really interesting. Obviously, mm -hmm. that's huge in Amherst, Mass. Yep. Sounds like that in many other facets is, is at play mm -hmm. in Newark. And I would agree that much like Newark, Worcester has a lot of folks thinking about growth mm -hmm. and trying to attract growth at the government level and in the private sector. Yep. Um, heading into the pandemic, we were on this trajectory that I don't think a lot of people ever dreamed of, mm -hmm. um, though we have some folks involved in and around the city for a long time who were hoping we'd get to this place right, someday. Right. But it was nice to finally see a lot of that come to fruition. So I definitely can see how you saw right. the new opportunity for your company mm -hmm. almost, in a way, duplicating, duplicating what you did in Newark. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, you know, we, uh, we saw that there was really a great potential fit for a win-win for both the community and Gig Zero yep. because of our experience, uh, not just in Newark, but in other cities. Those are our major presences the the desire for a city to really want to grow from an economic development perspective and yeah. the potential growth too uh worcester is really it's perfectly located in the state totally um, agree. it has an incredible number of uh very uh talented individuals coming out of great colleges and universities absolutely um and it's uh you know it's it's just really well positioned, we think, with all the synergies of the public and private entity, entities, which you can just see in the news, to want to do something big. Yep. And th that's where we like to play, yep. where people are looking to really do something big. And we think we can play a big part in that when we come into a city like Worcester. It sounds like you kind of have your perfect niche in the marketplace mm -hmm. where you provide internet and technology services for these new smart buildings. Yep. What it, it, but it's it's in a sector that has a lot of big old players. Mm -hmm. do, do you want to talk a little bit about how you're kind of able to enter that market, what that experience is like, and how you kind of honed in on your niche? Yeah, yeah. It, there is a lot of um, a lot of big players that have been doing things a certain way for a long time. Sure. But I'll tell you what's awesome about those people: once we get them as a customer, once they never build a building without us. Gotcha. Um, because. Yeah. They're just as set on things that they see really works. Yep. And the interesting point. thing ab about our product is, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. So we come in and we do one building. I'll use yep. Kelly Square Lofts as an example. Yep. In Worcester. yep. Uh, we did gigabit internet to every single apartment. It's a little bit different from cable because it's the same speed up uploading as it is downloading. And you can do 1,000 megabits per second of speed at the same time, up and down. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's very fast. Um, so all of the residential units have that, and then all the commercial, commercial units on the ground floor. But in yep. addition to that, no one has any traditional you know, old-fashioned keys. They all just have cards to get in the doors or to get into the parking right. lot or get right. in their own apartment. Right. Um, Interesting. And the, uh, the intercom system is uh, you know, video intercom that goes right to people's cell phones. The camera solution for the property managers is all delivered by gig zero 
And so the asset value is also impacted because if two people are looking at two different buildings and one offers gigabit, thousand megabit per second internet from gig zero, that's really sexy. And the building itself, when they're getting a tour, they're just like, wow, this is like, this is different. 100%. You know, yeah. they're just getting that vibe that it's Absolutely. like, wait, these guys are putting technology first. Did you just not use a key to even get in your apartment? Yep. And um, if they tour two different apartments in two different buildings and one's gig zero and one isn't, people are going to the one that's gig zero. Of course. If they have availability. Of course. Uh, so it's, it speaks for itself very quickly, you know, when people uh, walk in and see it. So really to fully come full circle on your question, once somebody sees it, they get it. Yeah. And once we do one building for a developer, uh, we don't have a single customer that doesn't do all their buildings with us. Not it just surprising. makes it simpler. It adds dramatically to the asset value. Yep. Uh, and the um, people that live and work there love it. We walk around and we're like celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really, it's cool. It's really I, cool to be in. I was in the Worcester Public Market mm -hmm. the other day, which is where the lofts are. Yeah. Uh, and um, the... Uh, just the vibe of that whole neighborhood mm -hmm. was just completely different than um, what it was just five years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think, when you, when you add a component of a smart building and people enjoy the experience of being in the building, living in the building, yeah. or in other buildings working there, mm -hmm. I think it, it goes a long way to create an, an atmosphere that excites people. Right. And... Worcester has a lot of buildings that don't do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're getting there. Yeah. You, know, you, you guys got to, you know, enter some, some new buildings here to help us. Yeah. Um, but it, it, the, I think that coincides with the point you made earlier. Worcester has a bunch of great universities. Mm -hmm. But for 30, 40 years, every year we were suffering from this brain drain. Mm -hmm. People graduate with a great degree. They go elsewhere, right. whether it's Boston or elsewhere in the country, mm -hmm. because they didn't have the right opportunities yeah. here in Worcester. Mm -hmm. And didn't have, I hate to sound cliche, but it didn't have the vibe of keeping those, yeah. those graduates. Right. I think when you do the work you do mm -hmm. in, in getting a building to the year 2020, mm -hmm. creating a 21st century environment, yeah. I think that goes a long way to improve the, the character of a city. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know yeah. you mentioned earlier that a lot of cities are moving towards smart cities. Worcester's not there yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's a lot of aspirant cities that we can look to, like Boston and Newark, yeah. and, and glean from that. So mm -hmm. it's, it's probably one of those things you don't think about mm -hmm. until you notice it, like you yeah, said. Yeah. Until you notice that experience, mm -hmm. if you walk through a building that's gig zero, right. then, then you would actually feel different about about the building yeah it's it's yeah. uh it's it's one of the most crucial things about mm -hmm. a new building or a renovated building for sure yeah it really is you know uh people are often trying to retain the innovators and scholars and entrepreneurs in yep. a given city you know like worcester where you have you know great universities and people coming out of them that are very talented and like yep. you say they immediately go straight for boston and one of, the, one of the spokes in that wheel really is showing these entrepreneurs and scholars that, um, you know, the, the places they're going to live and work are modern in yep. terms of, you know, bandwidth and connectivity, but also taking it that step further and just really implementing 21st century technologies in, on every level. Yep. And uh, people love it when they move into the buildings that, that we're in. It's simple. 
They just connect to the internet immediately. Yep. It's super fast. If you haven't experienced it before, you're shocked at how fast everything is. Yep. And, and um, you know, what, when, when you were just talking now, it reminded me kind of of a trend that we see that we actually think could even accelerate places like Worcester Farther, which is that some businesses and people, but businesses especially, are starting to decentralize a lot. You know, they're not looking to have one major headquarters yeah, in the city. True. They're starting they're looking for pockets of places to put their people and we see it with our commercial customers. Uh, and so uh, I think it's an opportunity for, for Worcester in many ways. You know, people moving perhaps to not the biggest city yep. in the state. Yep. But also people uh, in businesses looking to kind of spread their office environments out. Yep. Rather than one main headquarters. Yep. And that's really the trend that a lot of people are seeing coming and it's, it's a good opportunity for Worcester. So Absolutely. We're excited about that. You know, we have, a, we have a client who comes from the healthcare sector, and they have a large portfolio of locations throughout the state. Mm -hmm. And the CEO was talking to our team here a couple months ago. And he, he kind of said, you know, Worcester's kind of at the point where we're, we're in this weird middle ground mm. that's kind of a cool opportunity because we're we're in a growth phase, but we're also still a bedroom community to Boston. Yeah. yeah. So those companies, I think you're right. I think yeah. they might start looking this way, not just to, they might keep their Boston location, but they yeah. might create a new location. Right. Um, there's an accounting firm that has a Boston office. Last mm -hmm. year, they opened a Worcester office for the first time. Yeah. And these are college graduates that are going to work there mm -hmm. from the, the schools around here, going to work for a great firm mm -hmm. um, with exciting clients. They're going to want that high-level experience right. for sure. Yeah. For sure. I think that's what yep. generations, the generations coming out of school now, um, they're, that's, that's what they're comfortable with. That's what they want. That's mm -hmm. what they expect. Yeah. I agree. You know, if you start to look at the places where technology companies have traditionally been headquarters in Silicon Valley and mm -hmm. these other places, you'll go into a market there and you could have 50 Internet service providers. Sure. No yeah. one, well, yeah. not no one, but... <laughs> A lot fewer of that type of person is, is always willing to necessarily settle on the local cable incumbent. Right. They want faster, better, uh, fiber-based internet. Yep. And um, it's interesting when you come into Worcester where right now there's really only one option. Yep. And uh, it, we think that it's going to be great for Worcester to have a second option for people for internet here. Just curious because I think it, it's telling of where Worcester's at right now just from a real estate perspective. Are you finding you're doing most of your work in brand new construction, or given we're still in New England, mm -hmm. is there an opportunity for older buildings to be fit out for your technology? Yeah, good question. So residentially, a building that's 20 years old or or less is is uh, capable of a more rapid installation. Let's say. Yeah. Okay. Because it will already have. Uh, had certain things that we need for our underlying infrastructure installed because yep. yep. at some point they ran phone lines and some stuff that yep. we can repurpose. Um, people don't so much use traditional dial tone phones anymore. Verizon's not even building that anymore. Not so, surprised. Yeah, yeah, so that's always up for grabs in a building like that. Now, when you get older than that, it's still possible, but it's less of our business. I got gotcha. you. Um, I would, you know, it, it's safe to say that um, not ex not including commercial because commercial's all existing and new buildings, doesn't really matter. Um, commercial is, tends to be innovating more, 
always looking to try to make sure the bandwidth and connectivity inside of course. Yep. commercial buildings. And, and it's, they're always easier to cable to because you're not cabling to 100 apartments you know, or 200. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just are cabling to six floors of commercial. And so. yep. um, but not including that, pro, uh, about 60% of our residential business is new buildings and 40% is existing buildings. Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah, and, uh, and you have redevelopments in the mix yeah. there too. Because Worcester, while we've built some new buildings recently, mm-hmm. the vast majority of our inventory here are yeah. older buildings. Yep. And I always wonder, you know, we, we like the historic aspect of the city. Mm-hmm. We have some beautiful old buildings that, in my mind, some of those are really worth preserving. Mm-hmm. Others not so much. Yeah, yeah. But um, the character of the city is important to some folks. Mm-hmm. I have this internal debate in my head all the time. How is how important is it to maintain that historic character, and how much would that hold us back from building new things that might be really important, creating those new atmospheres? You know, yeah, it's a weird ju- juxtaposition. It is, yeah, yeah. it, it is. Uh, you know, it's always kind of that debate when they're starting to first do cell phone towers. It was like, oh, I don't want to be able to see it, or, <laughs> yeah. but we all use it. Can't, yeah, we can't live without yeah. it. Um, I mean, there is one piece of good news, at least about what we deliver. It's that you, can, you can't see it, you know, in an existing right. or a new building. That's a great point. Um, whether it's 100 years old or was built last week, it's, you know, you can't see it. And so it doesn't necessarily affect the character physically of the building. Yeah. But the question is, or is it is it a uh, building where people are looking to really attract and retain entrepreneurs, scholars, uh, you know, uh, people that really have that that excited side to them about doing something new and, and great. Yep. And uh, it may. Uh, you know, it's it, it's a little bit like, um, you know, some places saying this is going to be the next Silicon Valley. But the people that live there are saying, well, wait, we don't want this to be the next. We want this to be what it is, just right. more. Right. You know, we want to preserve all the arts and right. all of the, uh, you know, character that we already have. Right. We just want to expand on that. And, yep. and we believe in that. You know, uh, Worcester's got a lot of character of its, of its own. And, uh, sure does. you know, it's some good, some bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've seen a lot of good yeah. since we've been here I agree. and we really I like, agree. uh, this city, uh, this character. And, and I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. So at the time of this recording, it's August of 2020. We're about six months, give or take into what was and might still be a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Curious to hear what you're seeing in your business. How has that impacted what you all do and where do you see, has it had an impact on what you do, and where do you see us moving forward through this thing? Yeah, so uh, it has impacted our business uh, in that there's more of a priority in residential bandwidth and connectivity. Makes sense, yeah. You know, um, where before people uh, perhaps were mostly, when they were streaming, it was mostly video and TV, which is a little more forgiving. Uh, so when you go to stream, uh, let's say YouTube or Netflix, you can lose packets and have an okay internet connection. Sometimes that will still work. Well, yep. when you're on a live and important, let's say, Zoom call, for instance, just using it as an example, you notice when you don't have a good internet connection very quickly because it's right. live and instant. Uh, yes. Your audio drops or your video drops. The so call so- starts to lag. That happens to me all the time on Zoom. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah. And um, so if you're on a call with 16 people, you know who's got the slow or bad internet. Yep. You know, And so and if you're a professor or a... Uh, student at home, you you know more than ever need that bandwidth and connectivity to be reliable yep. without dropping packets. And so, the stability of internet at home 
and people recognizing the importance has changed our business a, a lot. About 50% uh, increase in traffic residentially across our networks. Wow. Um, wow. And about 75% drop in bandwidth connectivity for um, commercial yeah. real estate. Yeah. There's a lot of people uh, have figured out a way to work and learn at home. Yeah, we have this ongoing debate in our business, what, what it will mean for the office environment. My take is it's, it's just a little too early to tell. Yeah. You know, like I like to say, everyone flew again after 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, having the right bandwidth, having the right connectivity, yeah. no matter where you work, right, is, right. is super important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that you will see that people will still have offices and continue to main offices and yep. go to work, but they may have that one or two days at home, yep. uh, perhaps, where they don't have to be in the office. And, and these companies have figured out that it's kind of, you know, can be beneficial sometimes in, in some cases, but definitely not all cases. But they have to, they have to be as connected right. no matter where they're at. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, less bandwidth in traffic, but not zero in yep. commercial. And, yep. you know, more people... Certainly working and learning at home, uh, but it doesn't take away from the need that people are going to have for commercial real estate. I don't, at least not from what we're seeing. No offices have vacated or anything like that. I'm biased, but I happen to agree with yeah. you. Yeah, that's what we see. So, so Chris, I really appreciate your time today. Yeah. I, uh, I think what you and your group do is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, it's one of those unthought of things until you really experience it, yeah. and then you notice it all the time. Yep. Um, and I think... Having an entrepreneur like yourself, having a company like you and the team be involved in Worcester is going to play a big role in continuing to move the city forward. So yeah. really appreciate uh, you, you coming on the show. It's, uh, it's been really interesting to pick your brain on your industry and how you all operate. So thanks so much. Yeah, thank you for having us, Chris, and uh, we're excited to be in Worcester. So Excited to have you. <laughs> Folks, that is going to do it. This wraps up yet another episode of the Worcester Real Estate Podcast. The podcast is presented by Kelleher and Sadowski, the premier commercial real estate firm in all of central Massachusetts. Till next time, we'll see you later. Thanks so much.